We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the auction community studios. Should throw this out there too, Wolf. Okay. We're going to talk Suns right here. But at 11.30, how about we take calls on the Suns? Oh, that, that'd be great. A listeners-only meeting on the Suns. Want to do that? Yeah. Let's do that. Where are you right now on the Phoenix Suns? At 11.30, we'll have a listeners-only meeting. We'll open up the phone lines. Yeah, you can take it any direction you want at 11.30. If you are concerned with the team, if you want to vent about the officiating in a way that uh, is arable on the radio, please. Yeah, please. Uh, or if you think the officiating, if you think that part of this is getting blown out of proportion and the Suns have other problems, whatever, whatever. Or if you think the Suns are fine. I mean, I, I still... Mind matters, whatever I, it may be. Yes, whatever you do, so we can keep doing these yes. listeners-only meetings. Um, but I think it's today's a good day to really gauge the... Uh, the just the the feeling of Suns fans because you can keep coming back to the if everybody's healthy and the playoffs start tomorrow you still like this team but it's hard to deny that they have some deficiencies now that they didn't have a year ago and they are not um, they're not getting a whole lot of help from the uh, the officials either and along those lines I'm going to fire off some of the audio from uh, from post game last night Wolf and I'm going to start with uh, with Devin Booker and and his frustration with uh, with with everything that is going on with the refs uh, well I got some in the second half you know I'm not going to say I didn't shoot any free throws tonight um, this is more than I usually shoot but you know after the game is controlled in the first half and we're down 20 to 30 free throws it's kind of easier for them to give us some after that so you know, I, I like like Chris said, like I watch these games every night, so I kind of understand what's going on. I understand the, the agendas that are being pushed, and you know, trying to just get that out of my head and go out there and compete is it, my goal every time. Once again, the disparity was forty-six to twenty. Forty-six free throws to twenty. Without LeBron James, I can't, you imagine I can't if LeBron played that enough. <laughs> Without LeBron James, I okay. AD Anthony Davis, I, I understand Anthony Davis gets to the free throw line a lot. I understand that. Um, D'Angelo Russell, okay. But it was everybody Austin else. Reeves? Yes, Austin Reeves. <laughs> I like Austin okay, Reeves. We talked about him yesterday. I, I didn't realize that he was like the, the next, I don't know. <laughs> like I didn't realize he was Dwayne Wade. I, I know. It's just, to, to me, it was off the hook. 46 to 20. In the first half as well, they almost it was almost a 3 to 1 ratio of free throws for the Lakers. 27 free throws in the first half to 10 by the Phoenix Suns. Oh, and that's what Booker's saying right there, right? He's saying you can go ahead and, and give me some free throws in the second half because it's not <laughs> – you've already changed the game dramatically in the first half. Right. How about just the simple fact that, okay, Booker shot 12 free throws, which, as he just said right there, is more than he usually gets. Josh Okogie had six. Bismack had two. Nobody else even attempted one. On the Suns. Wow. Nobody else even attempted a free throw. Wow. 
So your only guys that even attempted them were Booker and Akogi, really. Yeah. Biombo had two. I he saw did Chris not make Ball either one of them. A couple of times trying to put the ball onto the ground. Yeah, well, he was <laughs> 0 for 0 the from the free throw line. And, yeah, right. Interesting, man. It's it's a, it's an issue. It's a problem right now. Um, what about what, the second part of what he just said, though? What do you mean? Where, where he said he understands what agendas are being pushed. What agendas are being pushed? Yeah. You mean, That's you very see, cryptic. Yeah, yeah. That's know, him I becoming don't, the grassy like knoll. I don't like him talking about agendas at all. As a player, you got to focus on your job. And Book knows that better than anybody else. He's got to focus on his job right now. The fact that he's even talking about agendas, you brought this up earlier. You just don't want your players thinking that the referees got it out for him. No. You don't want that. And if it were just one game. <laughs> Okay, look, there's there's a few different directions here. First of all, I don't think the, the, the officials are out to get the Phoenix Suns. It doesn't benefit the league to keep the Suns down. I, I don't think it's that at all. I just don't think they're very good at their jobs. If you yeah, wanted, why would it continue to rear its head with the Phoenix Suns? Well, I think there's two parts. Last night, if you want to tell me the league has an agenda, and I certainly believe they have in the past, and we may be going back 10, 15 years, but them wanting the Lakers in the postseason... <laughs> it's not hard to convince me they want the Lakers in the postseason. But the bigger issue for the Suns is not last night's game. It's what you just said, that it, it is a continuing uh, theme over the last few months of the season. I, I just feel like they're being punished for the way they play basketball. You know, Monty Williams said it earlier when he, he said he was talking to the officials and, and they tell him, well, you guys, you take mid-range shots. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, that so you get punished for that? Yeah, it's just the disparity is incredible. But there was a moment where I I about lost my mind. Did you see Vanderbilt when he hacked Book in the face? Yes. Did you see that? Yeah. Where Book got called for the offensive? Yeah. Problem? Well, I mean, <laughs> and, and, you I know, would say it wasn't the official's best moment, but it actually might have been last night. It was just incredible to actually see that. And then it was overruled, of course, but Monty had to challenge it. Monty had to challenge it. Book was called for an offensive foul. <laughs> he got act in the face. He talked about that, too. Here's, here's Devin Booker. And that's usually what we try to explain to them. And, you know, I hope they can understand the importance of that. You know, we don't want to use it then, but you, you're giving me an offensive foul for, he said, I, I cut him off. Cut, cut the defender off, so that's a fine but and it just is what it is. Man, that that to me just kind of highlighted just how bad the free throw line has got to the Phoenix Suns. Just how bad it truly is. Now, I know that was an extreme example, but guess what? You don't have your challenge after that. Yeah. You don't. You had to use it right there. You don't have your challenge. Okay, it didn't cost the Suns in this game. I understand that, but... You know, once again, it just goes into this big ball of of crud, crud that a player has got to deal with going out and playing a game when he's thinking of everything else but what he should be thinking of, in my opinion. That's my concern. And they got to fight it. The players have got to fight this. This is something I've been talking about all show. I'm going to continue to talk about it. They got to they got to fight it inside that locker room, and it's going to start with the leaders inside that locker room. It's going to be Chris Paul. It's going to be Devin Booker. It's going to be them saying, "Don't, hey, I don't care if Scott Foster is officiating the game. I don't care. Go out and do your job. 
Be responsible. Be accountable. They they gotta they gotta focus on that. That's that's the only way they get out of this. It's the only way. Yeah, and, and I know people are driving around right now, being like, "That's not fair." I and, know, and it isn't. Yeah, but you're right. It is the reality that you're in. You are in your championship window when Kevin Durant comes back. You don't want to look back and be like, "Well, we let the officials get in our heads." And and it, look, is it right? No, I've I've always hated like when there's a controversial call at the end of an NFL game, like a playoff game, let's say. Um, and and it, it's clearly wrong. And the response is, well, you know, they shouldn't have put themselves in the position where it was close at the end. Like, really? They, so they have to be winning by 10 to be to be allowed to win. I, I've always hated that argument. But internally, that's all you got right now if you're the Suns. We can't put ourselves in position where officiating can cost us a game. Because right now, it's just it's not going to go your way. And probably... <laughs> probably your reputation around the league isn't great either because the officials probably hate that you keep bringing them up. Yes. Even though we all can watch these games and see it's it's probably pretty justified. Uh, legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, has announced his retirement, and we want to hear from you. Text Al to 62620 and submit a video with a thank you, Al, message. We may even play it on the air. Just text Al to 62620. All right, we come back. Oh, <laughs> guess who's back from his world tour, Wolf? Max Starks is going to join us. Talk a little Cardinals in the NFL. Who knows where he's calling from, but that's next. It's, uh, it's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, I feel like you and I have... Uh, said off the air on a number of occasions over the last couple weeks that we want to ask Max this or we want to ask Max that. Yeah. Max Starks um, is uh, joining us right now, so this is our chance to ask all these questions, Wolf. Yes. Max Starks joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Max, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing good, fellas. How are we? It's been a minute. It has been a minute, Max, no doubt about it. Where are you right now? I am currently... Fixing my front door of my house, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> okay. You're, what do you mean you're fixing it, though? I don't understand. No, there, there, there's a there's a piece that has been a bugaboo, and uh, it keeps getting knocked off, so I have to keep redoing it because this is a solid wood door. So. Okay, so not you're glamorous. around the house? This is not as glamorous as I thought. I thought you were going to be, like, in I don't even know where, like some... Well, Exotic I mean, I, I wasn't. I wasn't Paris, Amsterdam, and Belgium a week ago. <laughs> Look at me. Okay, you so, were hanging so, out I at mean, the Louvre. I mean, let, let, let's not let's not act like I don't do those types of things. because <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking with with uh, Maloney last week, and we're like, hey, maybe we should get Max on to talk about this. And she's like, well, he just said he's at the Louvre, and we're like, oh, well, oh all right. Goodness, the well, yeah. Max doesn't yeah. want to talk about free agency okay, from the I, Louvre. I, I have to ask this, all Max, because I love the Louvre. I've never been there. But I'd love to be there. Your favorite exhibit there? Ooh, that is a tough one. It's it's high, you know. It, it's high Renaissance. So, um, <laughs> no. there, there, I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of pieces to love in the Louvre. You know, I think you know. You just M- Musée d'Orsay is my favorite, <laughs> but I think the Egyptian area. You know, the Egyptian, the Crypt of Medieval. Um, French um, stuff as well. Really cool section in the in the basement of the Louvre, where all of it's below ground. It feels like, um, except for the upper levels. Um, but 
like they have a medieval section. The all the Egyptian artifacts, all those things are really, really cool. Oh, our so show cool, just got man. classy just for a be second. Hanging out there. Uh, okay, Max. These questions may not seem connected because they're just a bunch that I've wanted to ask you. But while we have you. What do you think about Anthony Richardson, and is he somebody that might move up into, like, I don't know, the third spot in, the, in this draft if a team is desperate for a quarterback? Well, you know, I, I think the big intrigue with Anthony is the raw power and the talent because, you know, the skills that he has available to him are immense, but here's the issue. Are, do you have the right coach in place to unlock that potential? Think of, like, Justin Fields. Even though Justin Fields played more games, you know, you're still trying to find the right right fit for Justin Fields. I feel like that's what you have to have in a quarterback's coach because he has the size, he has the frame. You know, think Cam Newton dimensions, and he has that, that cannon for an arm, but the accuracy is where it always seems to be an issue. So that's something I wish he would have came back for another year to really hone that down and really increase that. Cause I thought another year starting would have helped that. But I, but you know, you can't, can't neglect when you're a top three potential quarterback in this draft and you possess his skill set, and he's fast as all get out. So, I mean, he presents a problem and he is a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams, but it's just going to take someone taking the time to kind of build on his accuracy. Cause I mean, he's coming in kind of like a Josh Allen, you know, in year one with the accuracy when he came from Wyoming to the NFL. So that's what's going to be the thing. Are you going to have him sit for a year or are you going to have him start immediately and just kind of go through the the growing pains at that moment? That's really the biggest difference. But I think there is a market um, for buyers that want to jump up to that three spot because they want to get in front of Indianapolis, who's at that four hole, who they know needs a quarterback at this point. So, you know, and Shane Steichen wanting to get a young guy in there, and we know what he's done with Jalen Hurts. So if there is a team that's back there that's like, man, we really need a quarterback, we need to get this situated, they would look to try and jump them. So that three spot's very valuable right now. Well, and just to clarify for all the listeners, the reason we're specifically asking Max about Anthony Richardson is because he went to Florida, obviously. Yeah, that is correct. Anthony Go Richardson. Um Talk to me about the. What are you doing, Max? What What are you doing? I, I was I was sanding a piece of wood, that guys. Sorry, it was, it was, it was like guess. annoying me at that moment. <laughs> okay, so I just, I just the, had to do it. <laughs> you got to rip that sound right there. Okay, honestly, you got to rip that sound. And every time Max comes on, we're going to play it for him. But talk to me about the Arizona Cardinals and free agency and what you see them doing now. Well, I mean, I like what they've done uh, to bolster the offensive line, going and getting Pro Holt to come in and be that center position, obviously, with the whole Rodney Hudson situation. Um, I think, you know, that was something that needed to be addressed early and often. I think getting Dennis Daly as well to bolster the depth at the tackle position because of the injuries last season was a good move. I mean, I know a lot of people have had a lot of uh, vitriol and I talked about it earlier today, but he is a backup. He is a guy who's a swing Phil, offensive line, he's not coming in to start. They re-signed Kelvin Beecham to two years to make sure of that. So so for all the people out there that are worried about this, this is a experienced lineman for depth. Um, Anthony Hamilton, I thought, was, was a nice signing in addition um, as well. Um, you know, and I, I think that's what really opens up for what the draft is going to be because I think that three seed you can move back a spot or two. I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts want to just jump up to three, yes. and they're willing to give up some pieces and some resources to ensure that they get a quarterback at that uh, um, before somebody else, and they have their pick of them 
a la post Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, whether it's Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I think they can still get a premier pass rusher, you know, transcendent talent, you know, whether it's Jalen Carter there, whether it's going to be Will Anderson or even somebody else we don't know about. I mean, you know, if it is a Brisset or um, a Wilson or somebody else that could be in that position, I think, you know, you will get a top-tier talent defensive guy, which is what I want to see on the line of scrimmage, because I think pass rush is going to be really important. I mean, you got the two threes from last year that are going to be starting as of right now, so I think you really need to put some some uh, some, some depth into that outside pass rush or get somebody in the interior, because God knows we've been talking about uh, run defense for the last, yeah. I don't know, what, seven years? Yeah. Um, so, Either way you go with those, I think you still get those guys if you move back a space or two, then you still have your pick of the litter because I think it's going to be a quarterback frenzy at the front end. And then you can start bolstering depth. I think guard is another position that needs to be handled in day two. Um, there's some quality talent there, a guy who could be a guard center because um, I think you, you do want somebody to challenge Josh Jones. Um, over there you re-sign Will, Will Hernandez, so he's good there. Um, but I think you do need to challenge and get some depth there at the guard center position. See, I thought Dennis Daly was going to play more guard and just back up as a tackle. That's what I thought he was going to do. That was one of the reasons why I thought they went out and actually signed him to a two-year contract and let him compete as that left guard. Let him compete for that left guard position and back up as a tackle. That's what I thought their strategy was. So do you think he could do that? I mean, I think he can. I mean, you can always convert a tackle to guard, um, you know, but I think his skill set, his length, and his size would better suit him at the tackle position. I mean, because I don't want to get back into, and I know this is a far stretch, a Mason Cole situation, right? Yeah, I think he struggles in Mason should have been a center, and they moved him to guard, (laughs) and he struggled at guard. And I think for Daly, because he's played so much tackle, I think – you know, yes, can he come in and try and compete for it? Absolutely. Every every player's gonna want to compete at whatever position they can. Hell, my first my first start was at was at guard uh, in the NFL. So it can be done, but I also know that I was better suited for tackle right. um, when it was all said and done. So I just think his dimensions, his skill set would best be suited at tackle. But yes, he could come in and 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 try and compete at the guard position. But I still think it's something that you need to draft because you still need a center guard combo um, in the interior. Um, to push Josh Jones and also to, in case of, you know, in case of emergency, if somebody gets injured, as we saw last year happen all too often, you want to make sure that you have somebody in there that can go in and you can feel confident about them. Max, I have about 50 more questions I want to ask you, but we are up against the break. So I'm going to let you go sand that door and I'm going to thank you for your time, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. And it's so good to be back here on this side of the pond and talking to you fellas. Oh, right on, Max. You could be traveling Europe or you could be talking to us. Thanks a lot, Max. Sand that wood. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take care. That's uh, two-time Super Bowl champion Max Starks joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. I, the next time we have him, I want to ask him about the whole Kelvin Beach and Hollywood Brown situation, though. Yeah, that's because right. okay. we, we've got time. I mean, that's that's not like a pressing issue anymore. But um, they'll they'll hash that thing out. It'll be over in a day. I hope so. Uh, but interesting to hear what he had to say about Anthony Richardson because he does follow Florida so closely. He follows college football closely, but he follows Florida in particular because he went there. And, uh, yeah, what he was saying about the offensive line now and just free agency in general. All right, uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, we want to hear from you. 
602-260-9870. Listeners only meeting coming up on the Phoenix Suns, the state of the team. Are they letting the officials getting to them too much? Is it just ridiculous uh, what the NBA has, uh, has, has done officiating wise in some of these games? Or do you think the Suns have other stuff they need to be focused on? That's, uh, that's next. Again, 602-260-9870. Listeners only meeting next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Boy, this song is perfect for today, is it not? What is it? It just is. Okay. <laughs> it just is perfect for the today. Rage. Uh, yes. How about um, how about we go out to the phones and uh, and hear how some Suns fans are doing? Okay. <laughs> the mosh bed, you can almost feel it. Okay, that sounds good. Six zero two two six zero nine eight seven zero. The number to call into the show right now. Also, uh, spring training injury. Reese Hoskins just got carted off the field. Okay. A lot of baseball injuries this year. Man, Kinda, soft tissue. <laughs> uh, non contact. Non contact. There you go. Uh, all right. Let's start with uh, Jared in Queen Creek. Jared. You're on the Wolf and Luke show. What's going on? Gentlemen, gentlemen, good morning on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday where in Sunsland, I think we're good. It's going to take three more wins to make the playoffs. So as fans, let's stop worrying about making the playoffs. As fans, let's stop complaining about the refs. The refs suck. Shocking. We've known that for 25 years. As far as the team, unfortunately, this is what you get when you trade away two great players and the guy you trade for is hurt. D-Books just got to step up and just lead this team. I think the less whining they do, the more playing they do, get to the playoffs, get KD, win 16 games, win a ring. That simple, guys. Wow. I like Jared's optimism. Man, that was concise, too. It was. Clear, it was like a PowerPoint right presentation. Point. Here we go. Well done, Jared. I also like the official suck. They've sucked for 25 years. Everybody yeah. knows that. Uh, all right. Good call there, Jared. Let's go to Robert in Phoenix. Robert, you're on the Wolf and Luke Show. What's going on? Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? Thank you, what's boys, up, for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I basically agree one hundred percent with the other caller. Um, I'm not really one hundred percent. I'm not really concerned with the uh, with the Suns at right now. You know, it's a little tough of a stretch. You know, we lost a couple key players. Um, but you know, I, we all know once KD comes back, it's it's a completely different story. I mean, um, kind of. I really wish. James Jones like found some point guard help. I I really really was wishing that. I um, think that's gonna maybe bite him back later. Hopefully not. Mm. Um, but you know, looking at the West, it's, it's really tough. It's a lot of teams. John Rand's back balling, so we'll see what the couple weeks look. But you know, I'm still I'm still staying hopeful and and really hope Suns. Go as far as they can, baby. Let's go, son. Thanks for having me on, boys. Okay, All right, Robert. thanks, Robert. Great call there. Look, man, the uh, wishing that they had gotten a little more point guard help. I'm with you there, Robert. <laughs> I've been there with you for about a year and a half, but you know, you can't you can't do everything. And and the other thing he said is if you know Kevin Durant comes back and healthy, still not really a team you'd want to mess with in the playoffs. Yes, you just no, need I'm, to see it. I know you, you need to see it, and I, I, I think maybe right now one of my biggest disappointments is campaign again being uh, inconsistent. I'm, I, I would not have, I would not have expected that. I fully expected him to bounce back. 
from his off season last last year and suddenly looked like the campaign of two years ago. I, I counted on that yeah. and just not as consistent. I, I'm I'm disappointed that they are still potentially leaning on him so much in a playoff series, but we'll see how it plays out. Let's go back out to the phones. Rowdy in Santan Valley. Rowdy, what's going on? Hey, good afternoon, Wolf, Luke. Man, it's like I'm a regular on this thing now. <laughs> all right. So for all of the Phoenix Suns fans out there, I just got one word. Breathe. <laughs> we literally have one of the top ten players, I would say, in NBA history, a, a unicorn, coming back to the team. And when he comes back, it puts the team and the people in the places that they need to be in. What gets me, though, is Monty. Um, because I heard him talking about he needs to shorten the rotation and he needs to figure out his rotation. And then I see one of the first subs in last night was T.J. Warren. I'm like, uh, okay. And then he did have him in a rotation and was using him, but he needs to continue to do that. I want to see T.J. Warren in the next game and in a more prominent role, especially while Kevin Durant's out. And then keep him. It's like... I, I'm getting, I'm, I'm hearing one thing from Monty and I'm seeing another. So I don't want to take up all your time. I just wanted to make sure the Cardinals get a, a draft load of draft <laughs> picks in this number three. Have a good day, guys. Right, thank you, Thanks, man. Rowdy. Appreciate your Rowdy's always right fired there. up. You can't, you can't be named Rowdy and not be fired up. Yeah. Your thoughts on that right there that he said about the Suns. Well, you know, he's he's right. We all know that when Kevin Durant comes back, guys get to slide back into their roles and actually focus on their specific jobs. And so it's going to make other players better. Breathe, Breathe is, uh, it feels like a, a distant cousin to relax <laughs> from the quarterback we don't talk about on the show this week. But uh, it worked out for him when he said that a few years ago. Uh, let's go out to Bennett in Mesa. Bennett, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much. Um, I don't know why everyone's so shocked. This is classic Arizona sports. We, we we have a good rhythm going, and then we trade it all away to for an imagine like this imagination, you know, idea that getting rid of our key players for this one great guy is going to change everything for us. We've seen it in the past. We've done it in the past before. It's it's just classic, and I don't think that Arizona. You know, the Suns, the way they're built now, I don't think we're going to win the championship this year. I don't even think we'll make it through the first round because we have no bench. We only have one and a half superstars starting right now. Chris Paul's washed. Um, Devin Booker, he's he's struggling too. And I just am curious, if, you know, what besides Ron Wolfley, what's the best thing to come out of Arizona sports? It's all, it's you know, it's our tradition of losing. All right, Bennett. Thanks a lot, man. Look, with Booker, I mean, Booker's playing well. He's not winning games, but Booker's playing pretty well. But, no, there's, I mean, they don't they don't have an established bench right now. That is concerning. I know. Um, Bennett's down in a hole, metaphorically speaking, right now. And I'm not saying that. Um, I hope everything's going to be okay. Um, I think a lot of Suns fans feel the way Bennett right, feels right uh, now. So do I. That's, uh, I think he's just venting a lot of frustration right now. Which is what we told him to do. a lot of disappointment. We said call in and vent if you need to. I think that's what Bennett is doing right now. He's just down in a hole. Bennett, it's going to be okay. Hang in there, man. It's going to be all right. KD is all that in a bag of chips. Now, I realize he's got to play. 
I understand that. But he is going to come back at some point in time. And I do believe, I do believe you're, you're going to see the goodness of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul put together. I think you're going to see that goodness at some point in time. But hang in there, buddy. i got to try and fit at least one more in here. Let's go to Tom in Phoenix. Tom, you're on the Wolf and Luke Show. Hey, so, um, you know, I wonder if Rowdy's last name is Piper. But anyway, uh, ultimately, it's this trade has just been a failure at this point. Now, it could all change. We know that. But, you know, just... If you just you're just you're asking me today, I mean you you watched the Suns last night lose to the Lakers without LeBron, uh, and you know it it just it's so frustrating. I mean, and the fact that if a KD stays injured or gets injured again, I mean you know unless they win the championship next year, you know, or at least at least get to the finals next year. You know, whether or not whatever happens this year, that's going to be the ultimate test. So let's do another call in uh, about a year and three months from now, and we'll we'll see if it was a total failure. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tom. I think we're we'll probably do some more calls before a year and three months probably. from now. But, uh, yeah, uh, look, I mean, I, I still make the trade for KD. I am a little... <laughs> Concerned, you, like you and I have talked about, is this going to be a regular thing for the next three years where KD plays five games and then misses yeah. five? But I still make the trade. But Tom's <laughs> right. Through the first six weeks, not great. <laughs> Mikel Bridges Tom. looks like one of the best players ever, Tom, and KD Tom. isn't playing. There's no doubt about it. And, and Tom qualified it. He qualified everything he said right there by saying, right now, it's a failure. <laughs> right now, it's, <laughs> and right it's now, a Tom disaster. Is, he's right. <laughs> right now, it is a total failure. There, there's no other way to parse it. There's no way to. You've got a guy who you traded for over six weeks ago who still has not played a home game. Yeah, that would be a bad thing. <laughs> that was thing. your stat, Luke. I hate that stat. Tom is 100% correct. Meanwhile, you traded away two of the fan favorites, and one of them decided to just go off in Brooklyn. Okay. Right. But things will get better, Tom. <laughs> it's true. You know, Look, Tom's right, but also they didn't make the trade for March 23rd. Right. However, Tom is right. It's hard. <laughs> it's impossible to argue it's with what he just said. All right. uh, Thanks to Tom and everybody else. Sorry we could not get to all the callers, but we'll be doing this again uh, more and more here as we get closer to the playoffs. When we come back, how much has the Deshaun Watson contract from last offseason impacted some of the quarterback uh, moves or lack of moves this offseason? We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, this is a new one. Welcome back to the show, both to the listeners and Wolf. I don't know what you're talking about. You've never left right as the uh, rejoin music is playing. That's a new one for you. Oh, okay. You got up and walked out right as the show was is starting. That right? Yes. I don't know okay. how you made it around well, the newsroom that lap. quickly. I, you know what? Based on what you sit here for four hours, Matt. 
Like Luke sits here for four hours. That's the only accurate. thing he does is go. He he gets candy from time to time. I, I hunt for food. That's what, what he I does. Like to call it. He, he, I, I, why hunt here? Why would you hunt here? Why not hunt in some grocery store before you come here? I don't have time to do that because <laughs> if I leave, you won't be back in time when we come okay. out of break. So, anyways, uh, I like to get up and walk around. I do get the blood flowing, right? I'm sure you understand. I used to laugh at you for that and then started doing a four-hour show. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm probably out of this studio, I don't know, at least half the breaks. By the way, a wedge buster will get stiff from time to time. Just telling you. I thought you were going to charge back in here when you saw the on-air light, and you would have taken out Mike Broomhead, who was walking the other way. Yes. Like a full collision right there. Would not do that. But I can tell you, it it was. I, I never broke a bone. I never had surgery. Didn't have ever. I mean, 10 years. And yet the inflammation I feel in my body overall from just busting (laughs) many a wedge. Oh, yeah, I feel it today. Uh, I'm going to play two quotes for you. Okay. Yeah. So do you want to go to Baltimore or New England? Uh, Let's go to New England. Okay. Let's start in New England. This is Juju Smith-Schuster on (laughs) 98.5, the Sports Hub. I have have not thrown him back yet, but, I mean, just watching him and just watching him, uh, I mean, that that dude, you know, loves, breathes in New England. You know, he's a definition of a patriot, you know, and even my short time, like my 24 hours of being uh, in New England, you know, he was there in the facility constantly, you know, working out with the guys, uh, you know, just getting after it, getting in the books. Um, I mean, he's a, a rookie pro bowler. So the dude has a lot of potential, man. I can't wait, you know, to get right with him. And like you said, you know, I played with Ben where he controlled the offense and I played with, you know, Pat Mahomes where he can extend the offense and, you know, coming to a place where, you know, timing uh, is, you know, perfection and, and getting that getting that down is something that I, I can play with and I can get used to. And, and he has that potential. So, uh, like I said, I'm just excited to be out there with the boys. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, that, that cut is labeled uh, Juju Smith-Schuster loves himself some Mac. <laughs> and that was labeled properly. Okay, listen, first of all, what is so funny about this, I, my brother Craig knows Juju Smith-Schuster because he was a Steeler, of course. And my brother Craig has been the Steelers analyst for 25 years. Um... Knows Juju. This is one of the best guys you're ever going to yeah. meet in your life. He is supposed to be a really good dude. He is an incredible dude. You got a daughter out there? You hope that hope that she runs into a Juju Smith shoes. Or according to Juju, hopefully she runs into a Mac Jones. <laughs> that is well played by you right there. This guy, he says this too. I have not thrown with Mac yet. But just watching him on film and watching him, (laughs) that dude loves and breathes New England. No, the best, the best part of that this cut. This is what you say about your teammate when you don't know what you're talking about in terms of your teammate. The best part was where he's like, you know, in my short time there, 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, that qualifies as a short time. What did he say? Yeah, he said, uh, my short time. My 24 hours of being in New England, he was there constantly working out. <laughs> For one whole With day. With the guys, just getting after it, getting in the books. 
constantly for 20. I mean, Juju, I, I get it. This is this is who this guy is. He's not trying to lie to you, Basinonians. He's not trying to mislead anybody. This is who he is. And it's one of the reasons why I love the guy. He's so positive. I, I thought I was positive. <laughs> he did. I, I, he described Mac Jones' workout routine as as if it were like a, a Rocky montage or something. <laughs> I'm hiding in the shadows in a corner somewhere. <laughs> compared to Juju when it comes to the positivity. Also, he's just played with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to burst your bubble. This is going to be a step down yes. from Patrick Mahomes to Mac Jones. So anyways, I love that. I, I just cracked up on that one there. That That's what I'm talking about, though. So much of the time, a player, when you listen to a player talk about a teammate, um, Always measure that, weigh that, and measure that, that he's talking about his teammates. So when you hear somebody say anything that might be a little off color about their teammate, that's when your your ears should perk up. Get a little bit nervous? Just a little bit. <laughs> um, it's one of the rules of the locker room. You never violate that, the code of conduct in the locker room. You never tell tales about your teammate. Well, I, f- I feel like it's positive. Juju talking about Mac Jones is the way Hollywood Brown would prefer everybody talks about Kyler Murray. That's what yes. I thought when I heard it. Like, everybody's just talking. I saw him for 24 hours, and it was the definition of playing for New England. All right. <laughs> I want to play this other one for you. This man, he was is, just there all day. Yeah. He was just working out all day. He was there like for an entire person. Tuesday. Can't even believe it. Got there at 8 a.m., left at 8 a.m. the next day. He was still working out. That's juju, man. This is Ozzy Newsome, the uh, Ravens EVP on the Bernie Kosar Show. Why don't you ever on the Bernie Kosar Show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know Ozzy, of course, had a great relationship with the czar. Well, he was uh, talking about the Lamar Jackson situation. But, you know, our owner, you know, did say that, you know, that contract did create some problems. Yeah, now, yeah. What we have to fi- figure yeah. out, is that going to be the norm or is that an outlier? And we don't know. Yeah, he's talking about Deshaun Watson's contract from last offseason. And I would imagine that created some problems. That may have created some problems for the quarterback uh, here in terms of his contract and it certainly has created problems you've seen around the league where and I get it if I'm a good quarterback in the NFL I'm pointing to Sean Watson's contract and being like I play yeah I haven't been suspended for a year and a half or right. whatever missed a year and a half suspended for half a year and and when Watson came back he wasn't even good last yes. year if I'm a good quarterback I'm like well I better get more than him Yes, think about it, Lamar Jackson right now. That's exactly what Lamar Jackson is pointing to, and that's why Ozzie Newsome, of course, is talking about it on the Bernie Kosar show, the czar, or the podcast, whatever it's called. I don't even know what it's called, but we got to get the Bernie Kosar show. We got to oh the, the Bernie Kosar show. That's what it is says what right it's here. Called. Yeah. All right, is that the podcast he does with Hanford Dixon? I'm sure you can the podcast. Dog it. of all time created the dog pound. Hanford Did Dixon. He really? Yeah, oh, he was the first guy who actually created that man he started it and all of a sudden a bunch of other cleveland browns globbed onto it before you know it that end zone it was filled with people dressed up like dogs i don't think i knew where that started i just assumed when cleveland was founded as a city there was just a a bunch of people that acted like dogs in one part of town no it was not but this is going to be something that i i thought owners this was just me why would they not collaborate 
and say, we're not going to sign anybody to a guaranteed contract ever again, where all of it is guaranteed. I honestly thought this is what owners would do, because you've got to have some wiggle room in here. The Deshaun Watson contract, that's the reason why Lamar Jackson has not signed a contract. You That's might be on to something right there. Why. You might be on to something. And we've heard it alluded to that a bunch of teams are colluding against Lamar Jackson. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's what you just said right there. It's it's just it's the league, it's the owners pushing back and saying we're not we're not doing another contract like Deshaun's and Lamar just happens to be the guy that is yes, feeling the brunt of it. That's exactly what I think is happening. And again, I'm not saying it's colluding. No way. No, th- that would be different. Know. That would be different. They just know. Colluding would be against Lamar specifically. This just seems to be the next quarterback who came along. It's it's owners saying, we're not going to talk about this. We're not going to sit around a big rectangle and look at each other and talk about this because that would be collusion. We're not going to do it. I think we all know what's going on here, and that can't be repeated. I think that is the tactic that I would take if I were an owner in the league. Yeah, I don't know if I were if I were a quarterback desperate team. I'll guarantee you there's no directive from Roger Goodell. There's no directive from the league on. Well, he's that. too busy negotiating his next seventy two billion dollar exactly. contract or whatever it is. Um no, look, I, I just I think that there's enough quarterback desperate teams that one of them is gonna say, We'll give Lamar whatever he wants. Just I can't imagine. Do you think he plays for Baltimore next year? <sighs> I do. Do you? Yeah, I, I do. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know why, but I don't. All right, coming up, all of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolf and down your lunches next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.